Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Well, it's great to see everyone this week. And um, who's had a good week? Yeah? Fantastic. Everything's warming up for the year, isn't it? You know, school and most people are back to work now. And so the year is underway. And let's pray and believe that this year will be the best year yet. It's a statement that is sure to always get a good response from a church crowd, because no one wants a bad year. So let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for your provision, for your protection, and for all the good things you want to do this year. Lord, we pray that you would pour out your Spirit this year upon all flesh, upon us, upon our region. And Lord, we pray that you would move and that you would speak in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today I want to share on what I've called waiting on God. And some of this I'm going to confess. I um, finished this message in the spa this morning, overlooking the Adelaide Hills with some kangaroos jumping around uh, just to, you know, whet the appetite a little bit. But it's a good place to prepare a message. I can hear some of you thinking, hey, I could probably do that. Hard gig. <laughs> Waiting on God. Waiting on God. This is not something that I have found comes naturally to a fast-paced Western lifestyle. Waiting on God. Psalm 27, 13 and 14 says, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. It says wait twice. Interestingly enough, it says be strong, let your heart take courage. Oftentimes, when we think of waiting, we don't think of courage. We don't think of strength. But in this psalm, in this passage, it mingles the two thoughts together that actually to wait, especially in a modern world, We have to be courageous because we have to say no to a whole lot of other things. Being good at waiting means being good at saying no. Because we have to say no to the busyness, no to the dishes, no to all that cleaning. I'm just kidding. But there's all sorts of things that we will have to learn to say no to. Probably those fast-paced things that seem to consume us sometimes, the habitual things or the things that kind of jump on us that we think have to be done or our duty or whatever it is, we have to learn to say no. We have to be courageous enough to say no and actually be strong. Be strong. Take courage. Wait for the Lord. Um, One of the things that in dwelling on this, I was realizing that Waiting on God, oftentimes we think of just sort of sitting like a jellyfish doing nothing. But actually waiting on God isn't doing nothing. It's doing something very powerful. Waiting on Him 
is actively pursuing him. It doesn't even have to be quietly. Waiting on him is not just being lazy or idle or just sort of letting life pass us by and we're just saying, well, I'm waiting on God for that. I'm waiting on God for that. Sometimes he's waiting on us. So in that place of waiting, N.T. Wright says this, True worship is open to God, adoring God, waiting for God, trusting God even in the dark. So we might be in a valley. We might be facing some challenges. We might be facing some trials, but we're waiting on Him actively. We're adoring Him. We're worshipping Him. Great worship this morning, by the way. It's funny, you never know quite who to thank when it's great worship because it's him, isn't it? But there's a freshness when we worship him. And this is what N.T. Wright is saying here. True worship is open to God, adoring him, waiting for him. That's what we did this morning. We're worshiping, we're adoring him, we're waiting for him. And sometimes in that waiting, in that active pursuit of him, he begins to release. He begins to pour out. Something that Karen and I repeat to each other probably on a weekly basis, if not more often, is that we need a move of God now more than ever before in history. I think most of us would agree with that. One person does. I, I, I love you, whoever you are. We need a move of God. This generation needs a move of God. Why would we even talk like that? Why? Because the, the truth is, uh, and, and our church has a DNA, a history of seeing God move powerfully through the Toronto uh, era and all sorts of seasons of God's moving of his spirit. But that's 25, 30 years ago. So that's 25 years, 25 years of waiting, I'm talking a global sovereign move of God. There's always pockets of God moving, but a spontaneous move of God that's contagious, it's combustible, and it's, and it's kind of crazy. I was thinking to myself this morning that I pray for the day where we've got to again just remind people and apologize to people in a nice way for God moving. Because it's been a while between drinks, right? And so true worship is open to God, adoring God, waiting for God, trusting God even in the dark. One could say that we're in a season in church history whereby we're waiting on him. We're waiting on him. We're posturing ourselves toward him, but we're saying, God, you're going to have to come close. You're going to have to come close. So it's an active pursuit. And the good thing is, Scripture shows us, and we've got 30 or 40 of us all reading through the Bible at the same time, Bible in a year. And it's so good to see so many comments coming up. I, I quite like reading the comments. I have to remember to go first to the scripture passages before I read your comments. So you're, you're writing good comments, everyone. But um, what a great thing to have a church community doing, reading the Bible in a year. So if you're not on it, jump on. Send us a message. It's not too late. You might have to catch up for a couple of hours of reading because it does. It's, it takes some time. But gee, it's good to do. And, um, and so that's us posturing ourselves, pursuing God. But at the same time, we're waiting. And so learning how to pursue and wait at the same time, I think it's a real gift, actually. But pursuing him, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31 says this, But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. 
But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. See, we thought it was all this incredible active pursuit and memorizing stuff and doing stuff and and getting busier and even getting better and bolder and maybe believing God for, for more. And all of that is good stuff. But this says, they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. Learning to become a really good waiter or waitress is a really powerful thing. If we become really good as a community at waiting on God, and remember, it doesn't mean doing nothing. In in one sense, it will focus us in a way that laziness and idleness just detracts from. And so it's an active pursuit of him, waiting on God. And, And it goes on to say, they shall mount up with wings like eagles. Every now and then, in the valley over Onkaparinga Gorge, I'll stand out there. Karen sort of laughs at me sometimes when I do this. But I will see couples of eagles. And I'm fascinated by those things, partly because I was brought up as an Aussie Rules football fan. And my team, or my dad's team and his dad's team, were the eagles, West Torrens Eagles. And they used to be useless, the most useless team in the SANFL. And funnily enough, I remember going down to Thebiton Oval and really the only thing I looked forward to was the violet crumble and the hot chips because I knew that West Torrens were going to get absolutely flogged. And typically that's what happened year after year. They're not so bad since they merged and anyway, a whole other story. But so I'm a little bit fascinated by eagles. So I'll stand there and watch them up you know, who knows how high they are. And I've learnt now by watching them that generally there'll be two at a time or sometimes even four at a time. And and I'll just watch them just gliding over the valley, obviously in some of the wind streams, slip streams, and um, just gliding so high up. And it's incredible watching these things, how easy it is for them. That's the anointing he wants to give you. That's the anointing he wants to give every spirit-filled believer by the power of his spirit so that we can do things with an extra energy, a supernatural touch that the world may not have. You'll often hear people say, you know, we should be the light. We should be the ones who are succeeding. And yet so many times we find ourselves following the world's pattern. Here's a little bit of a pro forma of how we're to do it. They who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I don't know about you, but I spent a lot of um, the first 20 years of my life in secular business realms where verses like this seem completely irrelevant. I would hear them on Sunday. I might even read them on a Monday morning. And um, as soon as I'd get to work, Something would happen or the chatter in the smoko room or whatever very quickly reminds me of where I am. And, uh, and so things like this can seem to be separate. But how about this? If we, if we think about this for a moment, the troubles, the issues that are going on in people's lives, in the office, in the workplace, it's probably not going to the answers may not come from us Bible bashing them or just quoting scripture to them. But if we've been waiting on the Lord, 
if we've been listening to him and he takes us up into a place where, where we can actually hear from him, we might be able to hear some solutions for that person. So the first thing they, they hear may not be the law of what they're doing wrong, but it might be that breath of heaven that they need. Because I don't know about you, but when you... When you face people who aren't believers, sometimes we're intimidated. And that's what the enemy wants. He wants to make us intimidated. But 99.9% of the time, they are facing issues that they desperately need answers for, even if they look like they've got it all together. And so there's an, there's an aching, a yearning in their heart for something more, for something real. And it's not us bashing them over the head with something or even pushing our own agenda on them. That doesn't work. And believe me, for the next generation coming, it really doesn't work. It really doesn't work. All, all those methodologies of even street evangelism, I, I mean, there's been waves of them over the years. I remember one where people would read tattoos and try and prophesy. And that's a good thing. Nothing wrong with that. But... Let's not get in this mindset where we've got to find a formula. It's not a formula. It's an anointing. It's Holy Spirit. And so when we, when we listen to him, get in your spa. You know, it might be a good excuse, some of you guys, to buy yourself a spa. Get in that place and begin to wait on him. Begin to wait on him and listen to what he says. Listen to, listen to the wind of the Spirit. I can hear some people looking at their bank accounts. Marketplace has heaps of them. They used to be really expensive, but Marketplace is flooded with these things. Anyway, we're getting off track a little bit. Someone, someone went there. Pursuing him, waiting on him. Wouldn't it be great to be lifted up both, both I mean, spiritually and not necessarily physically, but hey, bring it on, um, but actually energized by the wind of the Spirit. Wait on him. Wait on him. Practicing waiting on Him. Get wherever you need to go to find that place of time. It, it requires time. Sometimes five minutes, sometimes a couple of hours, whatever it is. Waiting on Him. And we may find that He will go ahead of us and, and we'll be able to run and not be weary and walk and not faint. In those situations, right now I'm sure you're sitting on some situations. Wait on Him. Get, get alone with him. Get to a place, maybe open your phone, your Bible, whatever it is, and begin to just meditate on his word, meditate on his word and see what he will do. Lamentations chapter 3, 25 says, The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him to the soul who seeks him. The Father loves it when we seek him. He loves it when we wait on him, when we wait for him. Stephen Furtick says, the only thing harder than waiting on God is wishing that you had. I have a whole list of those kind of things. I was actually trying to go through them in my head the other day when I was just thinking on this, and I was thinking there's actually too many examples I could give. And I'm sure you're the same. The only thing harder than waiting on God is wishing that you had. Many times we jump ahead. Many times we say something that wasn't really apt. It wasn't really right. It wasn't really what God would have us say, but the mouth shoots off. 
And over the years, I've become a little bit better at stopping myself every now and then. Yep, quick draw McGraw, they call it, you know, where you just bang, shoot before you think. Sounds like a few of you have the same syndrome. It's called being a human. And so oftentimes we let the, the sinful nature, the flesh, the humanity side of us jump ahead of the spirit. But if we've been waiting on him, if we've been dwelling on him, if we've been pursuing him and thinking on him, he'll stop us. I don't know about you, but more often than not, the Holy Spirit will say no to me more than he'll say yes. He'll say, no, don't do that. No, don't go there. Whatever you do, do not post that on Facebook. He does that to some of you as well, I can see. There are some controversial issue, and I've got a really righteous thing to put out there, and he'll say, don't do it. I think that's probably happened 3,000 times, and I'm so glad. I'm so glad I haven't. It's not out there. You don't even know what I was thinking. But that's what the Holy Spirit will sometimes do, won't he? He'll say, hang on, hang on. Save yourself the hassle of having to apologize. The only thing harder than waiting on God is wishing that you had. Waiting on him. Psalm 27, 14 says, Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. This is, this is a real expression, isn't it? Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Wait for him. This is active warfare. Waiting on him is warfare. We're waging war on the enemy because the enemy wants us to rush. He wants us to be stressed. He wants us to be overburdened with all the different things that we've got to achieve. You've got to do this. You've got to achieve. You've got to look better, sound better. You've got to get fitter. I know we're big on that, but, you know, take the guilt away. But take courage. It says, wait on the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord actively pursue waiting on him. I want to encourage us, even as a community, and, and this is why Karen started uh, reading the Bible in the year, because when we're doing it, it's some chunks of Scripture. Um, but it's great to do because we're waiting on him. We're just getting the word inside of our spirit. And even this morning, there were, there were three things. I, had, I couldn't even fulfill the five or six chapters of the way because I was stuck on about number two or three, and I'm like, gosh, there's so much just in that one passage. It is a smorgasbord of waiting on him. Scripture, I mean. A smorgasbord of wisdom, intelligence. It will lift us into situations where no other scenario can take us there. No other strategy. And, and this is one thing I have learned. And Karen used to say to me when we owned our manufacturing business, she, we have an apartment in the building and um, she'd say, just go in there and like spend some time. You're the CEO for goodness sake, just go in there. But you know, at times, and so the times where I would do that uh, and I struggled very much with the issue of having to get things done, G go out, have that meeting, work out that issue and you know, pipes are being produced and, and it's very conducive to rushing and, and working things through. But the times where I'd give myself permission to just separate from the manufacturing process, I could still smell the resin, it was still good, you know, still getting high all day. I'd go into the apartment. I've had that all detoxed out of my cells, by the way. But anyway, I'd go in there and I, it would take me 
a good few minutes to still myself. I don't know about you, but if, if we've been in that mill where we're rushing and doing and having to achieve, it takes some time. I want to give you a secret. Give yourself permission. Give yourself permission to stop what you're doing and wait on him. Because we even feel guilty sometimes taking time out from the routine, taking time out from the rush, taking time out from all the things that need doing. Give yourself permission. It may be the greatest thing you do this year is give yourself permission to be with him, to wait on him, to listen to what he has to say. And my prayer is that, like many of you have discovered, that he would lift you up like wings of eagles, and he would give you solutions to those problems in the workplace. That troublesome person who's always just nagging or gossiping or always nitpicking at something, he will give you the perfect thing to say or not to say. Maybe it's an act of kindness. Maybe it's somewhere he just takes you into a place of being with him where you find the solutions. I want the worship team to come up. And I want to just finish this by reading 2 Peter 3, 9. Because this, I believe, is one of the greatest things that I discover when I do stop, give myself permission, and begin to wait on him and listen to what he has to say. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise. Now, I can already hear a lot of you going, well, if he's not slow... I don't know what you call it, but it's taken years. It's taking decades. I'm still waiting, God. And yet it says here, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness. That's us. Why? Because we're always in a rush. We're always so keen to get things done. But is patient toward you. He is patient toward us because we're still catching up with his plans. We're still catching up with where he's going. He's been saying, head down this track and I'll, I'll put wind under your wings and I'll accelerate you. But you've wanted to rush off and do it your own way. And this I have found to be the case. I remember so many times uh, in our manufacturing business when I would go after projects that I would know maybe I'm just going after it for the sake of winning jobs and getting bigger and, and pushing that thing which is good to do but uh, but there would be the times where God would remind me and he would say well that wasn't really one that that I had lined up for you and they would always be the nightmare jobs they would be the nightmare jobs projects that the client is a pain in the whatever uh, there'd be disputes there'd there'd always be fix-ups and variations that I didn't include and always contractually there'd be these little dramas and I'd look at it and go well I shouldn't have taken that one on and so over the years I learned more and more and more that what God has his hand on we want to have our hand on and so if if you want a hack you know the, the world is full of hacks nowadays if you want a hack of how to get to it faster, put your hand on what he's already got his hand on. Put your hand on the plough that he's got his hands on. Wait on him. Listen to what he's got to say. Be filled with his presence, his power, his spirit, his anointing, and he will accelerate you. 
I firmly believe that God wants to accelerate believers into bigger and better realms. And we often say that in charismatic Pentecostal atmospheres as a bit of a statement. You know, he's going to bless you. He's going to promote you and do all this. But if we won't wait on him, we don't get the hack. We don't get the spirit hack. We're missing that bit. So we've got to make sure we listen to the spirit to get his heartbeat to find out what he's got his hand on. And what he's got his hand on, that's where we want to be so that we can find his heart on something. The Lord's not slow to fulfill His promises, some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. His kindness draws us into repentance. And when we're in a place of repentance, we are humbled and we hear from Him. I want you to stand this morning. You're a great bunch. You're a hungry bunch. And we want to see this year God accelerate you in ways like never before. I shared a sneak preview on Facebook that this year, monthly Wednesday nights here starting February, I want every single man in this church to put aside your calendar for one and a half hours to be here starting 15th of February, I think. I'll get the calendar out to you. Because I've started a program I want to call Kingdom Warriors because I firmly believe that when men find their destiny, families find their destiny. And so put that, put that date aside, February 15th. We're going to go for it. We're going to go hardcore, okay? So you can't come with a wimpy attitude. you got to come with some guts. And if you don't come with guts, you're going to get some guts. I've got some good guests coming in. Steve Weatherford from Texas wants to dial in, and, and he, he is a beast, okay? I just warn you. But uh, we're going to go for it, men, and, and women as well. Karen's got some things. And, but as a church community, as a church community, we want to tap into everything He has for us. Everything He has for us. And we thank God all the time for you guys, for your hunger, for your thirst. And we firmly believe God wants to do something this year, this year, in this season. But it takes us as a community saying yes, waiting on Him, pursuing Him and saying, yeah, we're going to go for it, God. We're going to go for our best in spirit, soul and body. So I want you to lift your hands this morning. I want you to open your heart, lift your hands. We're going to spend a minute or two waiting on God. That doesn't mean doing nothing. It means seek after Him. Look for the eagle to, to come and breathe on you. Maybe he'll fill you afresh. For a, for a new year, he'll fill you with his spirit. Maybe he'll fill you with his power, his vision. Whatever it is, receive from him. These guys are just going to worship over us. You might want to just begin to lift up your spirit, sing out in tongues in English, and, uh, and just let your spirit soar with him for a minute.